I have a picture in my mind's eye, and Tyler's referred to it a few times, but it started to build in my heart and my mind as, as, as I began this year and spent some time in my own personal devotions. The Lord kept speaking to me about this moment of prayer. And those are the scriptures that have jumped up and bitten me in the heart and that have had traction in my spirit uh, in the last uh, sort of five weeks. And so I've been, I've been mulling over it. And when we came to this opportunity of these two weeks of to, uh, to preach, I felt like, man, I'd love to just get into some of what the Lord's been grabbing my heart with. And what has been slowly emerging is this picture in my mind's eye. It's like a field that's gone through the winter and it's now been cleaned up and stripped and laid bare. And then the fallow ground has been broken up and they've, somebody's added manure and they've dug it up and, and mixed it in and then they've leveled the ground and now they've plowed the furrows and the rains have come. And it's, it's ready for seed. And I kept having this picture in my mind's eye of this acre plot of just ready for seed. And I pictured people with, you know, the, the, the old bags of seed that you grab a handful and you start sowing seed. And I saw people going out into the field and sowing seed. And I've been feeling like the Lord's calling for this opportunity. There's a moment and I, I can't explain it and I can't justify it theologically because it's always time to pray, right? So I'm just feeling like though, if you said to me, Greg, if, if you had a prophetic picture of what the Lord is saying to our church, I would say to you, it's time to sow. It's time for us to pick up some seed and to walk out and to sow prayers and, and requests and all sorts of intercessions for this year. There is a moment, I believe, where the Lord's going, come and pray. Come and sow seeds of prayer. Just go, Lord, could you watch over my family? Could you protect us? Could you lead us, Lord, into straight paths? Would you give us wisdom? Would you cause us to be effective in your kingdom? Would you open the heaven's doors? Would you give us wisdom? Would you show us the way to go? Would you help us bless other people? Would you provide for us more than we need so we can be generous on every occasion? All kinds of prayers. It's about as accurate as I can get. So I'm continuing as we started that message series last Sunday, looking into this idea that there is a, an opportunity to sow prayer into this year. I uh, would love to go out into my backyard and pick lemons off my lemon trees. But I didn't plant any lemon trees in my backyard. So I don't have any expectation. We bought lemon trees last year, but somehow our gifting is not with green things. And the two lemon trees both produced a lemon that was unedible and then died. So when I walk out into my backyard, I have no expectation of lemons. It would be strange for lemon trees to burst forth when we haven't sowed the seed when we haven't tilled the ground, we haven't made the effort. And uh, I think so many times, there, I have no expectation of produce because I've put in no sowing of seed. And I find this practice is what I feel like the Lord is calling us to. To start off the year, sowing into the year, our desires, our hopes, our prayers against our fears and concerns, asking for good days, crying out to show us the straight paths, like seed I can plant, those prayers go out and they form, they begin to stir in me an expectation of what the year is going to produce for me. 
If I have planted no seed in the year, I have no expectation of the year. I walk into a year without an, a, a, a spiritual hope. I, I just walk into the year, I'm just gonna take whatever comes, I'm gonna do my best to handle it, and do well and bring honor to my God. Where I sow seeds of prayer, my eyes begin to look for the fruit with excitement because when I start to see God answering, it gives me great joy. Jesus said, how great will your joy be when I, when I answer your prayers. David said, how great is his joy, he's talking about the king, in the victories you give. The moment you begin to see God come through, you go, oh. And that magical thing in your heart, that intimacy, that, that expression of automatic thanks to God that springs up is part of what God wants to build in. Bible clearly states that your prayers are powerful and effective. Now that's pretty clear in scripture. But sometimes in our lives, we've not seen that to be the case. And it's, it's hard to come back and p- pick up some more prayer seeds and go out into the, into the fields and sow. Because some of us have got stories where I really trusted and it didn't come through. I mean, I bought the lemon trees and then they died. Well, I'm not sure that, it's not a great time in the middle of your tears to pick up seed. And so when we looked last week at the promise of scripture, that when the Lord restored our fortunes in Psalm 126, we were like men who dreamed, our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. And it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are blessed. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the desert. Here comes the promise. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will come back singing with praises and carrying sheaves with them. If you walk out into the field with seed now, you may not have everything you need. You may be under pressure. You may be in pain. You may be weeping while you're sowing. But here's the promise of God. Those who sow like that will come back with sheaves and laughter. There's a story of Job. There's a little caveat. It says, Job went out and prayed for his kids preemptively. Job was one of the most prosperous men. He was under the favor of God. He was just blessed. Everything about Job's life was magnificent. Great marriage, happy family, prosperous fields. Everybody loved him. Great rapport in his city. He was like the mayor and everybody celebrated Job. And life was good. And the Bible says every day he'd go and pray and go, Lord, if my kids are gonna mess up today, just forgive them and give them strength. Job is out there sowing preemptive seed. He hasn't even, the kids are not probably awake yet. Some of us wait until we're in the middle of crisis, right at the end, and we go, Lord, help. Like, and that's a valid prayer, but it's not the only prayer. Prayer is a potential and powerful weapon in our hands. It's a sword and a shield. It's an arm, and it, it enables us to attack the enemy. Because prayer is a weapon that we can fight with. And I'm just becoming aware that not all of us see prayer in that way. But prayer is powerful. And the Bible puts it in James in this context. It says, listen, Elijah was a man just like you. And and I struggle to believe that because Elijah pulled off some remarkable miracles and was taken up to heaven in a glorious chariot of fire. 
I mean, he was, he was somebody. But James says, no, Elijah was just like you. And he prayed earnestly in the, in the, that it wouldn't rain and it stopped raining. And then he said, Lord, please, could you give us rain? And the Lord gave rain again. And so he, he says, you, can, you should pray. So he's talking about this. And then James 6.16 says, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. For the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Now, the Passion Translation says, Tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. I like that. Yeah. <clears throat> The message version says something powerful and to be reckoned with is your prayer. How many of you think, seriously, that when you pray, that's something powerful and to be reckoned with? I like that. The Living Bible says great power and wonderful results. Now you've been armed, you have been armed with a weapon that has great power and produces wonderful results. Tremendous power released. And if you're hoping for a harvest, can I suggest that you have some sowing to do in prayer? We spoke last week about this sowing while you're, you're weeping, but you're weeping carrying seeds and you will come back. So this is not only a message for those who are living the high life right now, Perhaps it's even more message for those who are surrounded by fears and besieged by enemies and under accusation. And maybe the challenge you face has finally shown you the limits of your capacity. Or maybe you've gotten to a place that David came to when he said, my tears have been my food day and night. To you, and maybe even to especially you, I say, come out, with us into the prepared fields of God's invitation and sow some prayer for this year. So let me show you two expectations uh, set against the backdrop of our modern lives in Scripture. The first one is always persist in prayer for all the Lord's people. There's an always there. Always. This is a constant call. This is not a momentary thing. This is not a peak that you go and then you run in the valleys. He said, always keep on doing this. Always keep on praying. So let me take you to Ephesians 6, which is where that scripture is. And we'll start reading in verse 13 because I didn't want to read the whole chapter. But I need you to see the therefore because when there's a therefore, you have to see what the therefore is there for, Right? So verse 13 says, therefore. What's the therefore, therefore? Well, the therefore, therefore is because he's saying, you have a, a spiritual battle. Your battle is not against flesh and blood, but you have a spiritual battle against authorities and powers and spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, you may not believe that, and you may not like that, you may not want that, and you may think, well, if I just ignore the whole spiritual realm, the whole spiritual realm will ignore me. A lot of people, that's their, that's their basic, well, I, I don't want to know about that stuff. Why? As though if you, it, like, you can't see me. It's got that vibe to it. <clears throat> but Paul says, okay, do you, do you understand 
whether you're good as a Christian or bad as a Christian, whether you're uh, upright in heart or not so good, you have a spiritual enemy. And the moment you said yes to Jesus Christ, you stepped into a war zone that you didn't choose and you're not trying to fight the war, but I'm telling you, this is the reality that you're in. And so Paul says, therefore. So you go, well, I don't, that's not good news. Well, it, no, this is the good news. Because that's the reality of your life. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes, not if the day of evil comes, when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness in place, feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And in addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And most of us just stop there. But Paul is still describing the weaponry that God gave you. Right? It says, and, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Now, I love that little all kinds of prayers and requests piece because that qualifies me and it qualifies you. Wow, I'm not an intercessor. Now, he said all kinds of prayers. Help is one of them. Well, I don't know how to say it. Just say it. I don't know what language to use. Well, use what you would say. <clears throat> All kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, because you have an enemy and because you're weaponized, with this in mind, be alert. Always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Now, I don't know about you, but I certainly hope you take that to heart because you'll be praying for me often <clears throat> and I'll be praying for you often. This says to me, so many times <clears throat> we walk into a year and we don't seed it with prayer. We don't seed other people with prayer. We don't seed the ones we love with prayer. We just walk into the year and we take it on as though our natural abilities are gonna be enough. But Paul says, listen, guys, I want to introduce you to this reality. There is a spiritual reality all around you and you have been ably equipped. You are the most dangerous person out there in the spirit when you're fully armored, when you're alert, you are the one that people run from because the Bible says if you submit to God and resist the devil, he runs screaming from you. So the, there is not, uh, there's nothing to fear here, but there is a call to alertness and to constant prayer. This is a call to pray always. And in this passage, Paul says three things. On all occasions. The good, the bad, and the ugly. With all kinds of prayers for all of God's people. Now, if you, like me, I'm going, that sounds like a lot of prayer. That is a boatload of prayer. <laughs> don't know if I've got time for that. <laughs> this means 
That's why I deliberately didn't want to end this message today with another moment where, we, come on, let's do it now. Because I thought, I'm preaching that this is something you have to do every day, not just every moment. I didn't want to create another moment. You go, oh, I hope we do that again next year because that was really powerful. I go, no, the, the really powerful piece is not when we create a moment now at the end of the meeting, but if you'll grab this in your heart and go, okay, okay. So the invitation is for me to walk out and sow and sow seeds and always keep on praying with all kinds of prayers and requests on all occasions for all the people I know and love, God's people everywhere. I'm praying, God, favor them. This was the practice, it seems like, of early Christian leaders. Let me show you some, some examples. This is just a, this is just a few smatterings of it in the New Testament. Romans 1, I make mention of you always in my prayers. Philippians 1, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Colossians 1, we always thank God when we pray for you. Colossians 4, Epaphras is always wrestling in prayer for you. Thessalonians 1, we always thank God for you, continually mentioning you in our prayers. Second Thessalonians, therefore we always pray always for you. We also pray always for you. Uh, Philemon, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers. Hebrews, he, Jesus, always lives to intercede for you. Oh, I love that one. And I realized at the beginning of the year, a little, I started it about a, just, on, just under a month ago because I was reading these scriptures and I, I'm, I, Paul said, I, I'm always mentioning you in my prayers. And I thought, mentioning I might be able to do. I might be able to mention, because I'm not sure I've got time to pray for all the things I want to pray for. But if God, you'll take a mention. If one of, the, if one of the, the forms of prayer is mentioning, I think I could get through a bit of prayer. So I started a mention list in my personal study. And I, it's just a list of names of people who are important in my life who I mentioned before the Lord. And I found that when I start mentioning things about them, the Lord starts to be creative on the inside of me and he starts to suggest, why don't you pray about this? And stuff starts to come up and I go, oh yeah, while I'm, while I'm here, while I'm mentioning this person, could you just give, and Lord, would you, and can you bless that? And would you, oh, what are you going to need? And I go, hey, I'm supposed to be mentioning, I'm not supposed to be praying, I'm just mentioning. But now I'm sneaky. It's fun to seed the ground around and in front of the people I love. So let me show you. I'm not going to show you my actual mention list, but this is what it looks like. I've got real names in there. My mention list is family, my immediate family, a close family, and the extended family. I've got friends, personal family, family friends, couple friends. I've got some church relationships, members and staff and elders and deacons. And then I've got some desires of my heart, some specific dreams, some promises the Lord made me I haven't yet seen and some hopes that just live in me. I've got a mention list. I don't get through it all in one go. But I've started to mention people in my prayers. That's what Paul said. See there, Romans 1, I make mention of you always in my prayers. And I, in Thessalonians, I continually mention you in my prayers. I would suggest, can I suggest to you that you make up yourself a mention list? And you can divide it into days and 
breakfast on Mondays, you mention your family and seed the ground and sow some prayer and say, because the Bible says always keep on praying on all occasions for all the saints with all kinds of requests. Father, would you favor them? Father, would you keep them? Would you deliver them from evil and the evil one? Would you provide for them this day? Would you show them your faithfulness? Would you open their heart to your love? Would you give them fruitfulness, Lord? Would you show them what you're wanting to do? Would you endow them with your power? Lord, would you keep them focused? Would you, uh, Lord, deliver them from foolish people? Would you save them? I'm just praying. Just seed. And you know what? Since I've been doing this, I'm not telling everywhere. You know, I mentioned you. I'm not, I'm not doing that. But because I've put seed in the ground, I'm watching. I'm looking for my lemons. I'm starting to look for what's going on in their life. Because I've, 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 I've brought a bunch of stuff about some of you to the Lord. I mentioned some of you in my prayers. And I'm asking and I'm expecting because the prayers of righteous people have a great power and effect. It's one of the weapons we can use. And I want to use it. And I want to shape some of the year. Don't case the ross or all your year. Shape it. Always keep on praying for all God's people. The second thing, he said, present your, prayer, your prayers to God in every situation. I kind of like that one. Let me take you to math, uh, sorry, Philippians 4. Rejoice in the Lord Always rejoice in the Lord when things are going well. Rejoice in the Lord when it's time to worship. Rejoice in the Lord when you got the promotion. No, rejoice in the Lord always. Well, how can that be? Well, you're not rejoicing in your circumstances. You're rejoicing in the Lord. If he said rejoice in your circumstances, we'd have a different problem. But he didn't say rejoice in your circumstances. He said in the middle of your circumstances, rejoice in the Lord. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Not give thanks for all circumstances, but in all circumstances, give thanks to the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord Always, I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. What a word for us, our culture today. <laughs> Seems almost unbelievable, doesn't it? Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which, God's, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Let me just talk a little bit about that. Jesus spoke to inanimate objects. He spoke to a storm as though it understood him and it died down. He spoke to a tree and it shriveled. He said to his disciples, tell that mountain to jump into the sea and it'll obey you. Well, how can I pray about my circumstances? Well, Jesus did it all the time. Yeah. Well, I can pray for people, Greg, but I, I can't really pray for my circumstances. Why not? Well, maybe God wants me to go through this. Yeah. 
And maybe he wants you to help frame your year with your prayers. Because if he didn't want you to have any say, if he didn't want you to sow any prayer, he would have not said to you, pray, come and ask. Tell me what you want. What is your desire? Oh no, God would never, God's not interested in my desires. Of course he is. Tell me you love someone and you're not interested in their desires. I ate snails on my first date with Michelle. She lived in France for a while. If you love something, if you love someone, their desires are of prime focus to you. Don't tell me God's not interested in people's desires. God so loved the world that he gave his son. God is interested in your desires. In fact, the Bible says God is working his desires in you. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for God is at work in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. He's working in you to will according to what he wants you to do. So God, not, God's not knotted or anxious or your desires are too big for him. Rather, our desires typically are too small for him. That's what Lewis said. But in every situation, you're supposed to pray. That's what the Bible says. That's what it says there. In every situation. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation. That means the situation you're in right now. In every situation, present your requests to God with thanksgiving. Now, I just want to speak a little bit about thanksgiving and we're we're almost through. Can I just say thanksgiving? Here's another key. Thanksgiving keeps our eyes focused in the right places. The Lord did something at the end of the year. He, he, he blessed us on two separate occasions and I had forgotten to say thank you. I was like, I was blessed by it, but I hadn't gone. And I, you know, I, I stood back and I, and I realized, I said, Lord, how kind you've been. I've told the story a few times, but when I was in the military, I, I was with a group of barbarians. We, we were kept behind to train the next year, right? You know, I was in artillery. But the, but the other six guys were... were uh, vile. One guy had killed a guy in a fight and he wasn't allowed to close his fists. He was on a manslaughter charge. And so I saw him beat up a guy with his open hand. <coughs> and the other guy was a fifth day karate expert. I saw him take on three guys and knock them all out in a bar fight. And the other guy was the head of a Portuguese gang. And, and, the, and so they were, this was the group and me. And I was the only Christian. And there were rooms, there were four rooms and there were seven of us. And so one of us got the individual room and they decided it should be me. It was a great blessing to me because I could pray and spend time and reading. And I wonder the Lord, I was spending time with the Lord and he said, you've never thanked me for this room. And he said, you know what, I'm going to take it away. I'm going to put that guy, who was the most vile human being I think I've ever met. So I put him in the room with you. I said, Lord, no, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for this. (laughs) And there was an inspection that day and I I was called out and I wasn't there and uh, the colonel of the the whole camp came in, he looked in, he looked at all the rooms and he goes, why is this guy alone? And and I go, he said, we should put that guy, the guy the Lord had told me, I'm gonna put him in the room with you. He said, we should put him in this room. And one of the the young guys said, you know, they're quite different. Uh, And he said, okay, leave it like this. 
And, I, and I, when they told me about that, I realized that the Lord was trying to teach me a principle. Whatever you receive and you say thank you for, you have sealed it for you. The Lord gives it to you. If you say thank you for it, it protects what God has given. If you look upon what God gives you with disdain, it can be stolen from you. Think about this. Whatever you say thank you for, you protect. So the scripture says, in every circumstance, with thanksgiving, it's like the butter that you put on the croissant. It adds a little flavor. It does a little something. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. Father, you've been so kind to me. You've blessed me before. I've seen you provide. I've seen you heal. I've seen you speak. Lord, you've, you've held me even when I didn't know. You've protected me even when I couldn't see it coming. Father, that's who you are. I just bless you. Now, Father, I'm asking, would you do this? Now I'm sowing along with the thanksgiving. Thanksgiving gives you authority to hold on to God's provision. Let me show you just a few. Philippians 4, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Thessalonians 1, we always thank God for you, mentioning you in prayers. Philemon, I always thank my God, remembering you. I always thank God when we pray for you, Colossians. So I have a little prayer, thanks, thing. Let me show you what it looks like. People in my life, my family, my friends, people who inspire me, opportunities, personally, professionally, in the kingdom, answers to prayers. I give thanks for testimonies, for blessings and surprises, for people I've prayed for and I've seen some results, things I'm alert to, people I love, trends I'm seeing, dangers that I want to destroy. I start giving thanks. It's fairly remarkable to me how until I start categorizing them and remembering, I can be so forgetful about so much of God's blessing. It's remarkable to me. Still astounds me how sluggish my heart is to give thanks. So something I have to learn to practice. I would suggest that you guys do something like this. Make yourselves a mention list and make yourselves a thank you list. And then, and then come. Here's what we're ending with. I think for some reason, there's something about the invitation to this church at this time to fill your hands and your shoulder bags with seed and to walk out into the earth sowing seeds, sowing praying. And some of you are going, but Greg, I've tried this prayer thing, man. I'm not really good at it. I don't think I'm cut out for it. I'm, and you don't know what I've been doing and where I've been going. I just want to say, I just want to say that while you're weeping, not while everything's perfect, sometimes you're sowing seeds and it's raining. That's okay. I just want to encourage you today. If Would you dare, would you dare to grab two handfuls of seed and begin to just call out to the Lord? for people you love. And while you're doing that, just say, Lord, thank you for what you've done in my past. You've got testimonies. You know, you've seen God move. You've heard stories. If you don't have any personal ones, the Bible is full of them. 
and just go and start sowing seed. I'm telling you there's something about this year that, that, that is yearning to be formed and fashioned by your prayers and not just the sovereignty of God. Something about this year that God is leaning over the parapet of heaven saying, what do you want? Tell me your prayers. What's in your heart? Come and sow the seeds. Let's, let's build a harvest together. Paul said, I prepared the ground. I sowed the seed, Apollos watered it. God made it grow. Go sow some seed of prayer. And let's see God grow something profound. Would you pray with me? Lord, while we're sitting here in this moment, I'm just so grateful to you that you're the God who said, come and ask. And you you gave us your name, Lord. (coughs) You said, ask in my name. So here we are coming, Lord. Imperfect, not perfectly formed prayer, but earnest and honest. And we're daring, Lord, to take uh, seeds of prayer and sow them. Lord, we sow them into this year on behalf of those we love. We're planting some seed, Lord. And we're expecting a harvest. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I just add one thing? If you get this kind of invitation, and I feel like it is, when you sow seed, you determine the size of the harvest. If you sow one acre's worth of ground, you get one acre's worth of harvest. If you sow 100 acres, you get 100 acres of harvest. The size of the harvest is not determined at harvest time. It's determined at seed time. Don't ask small. Don't ask barely get by. Don't ask just enough little bit. Go bold. So we, it's only about half the time that I see answers to my prayer. Well, then you better pray 10 times bigger than you've ever prayed before because 50% of that would be impressive. if you don't know what else to pray for, pray for me and my wife and our church. I truly believe there is a moment that lies ahead for us in this year where God wants to co-create with you a year of your dreams. If any of you would love life and see many good days, and turn to the Lord. Keep your lips from evil. Turn away from evil. Serve the Lord. Many good days on that path. Amen.